0: You guys ever noticed that uh, every Hispanic woman you see wearing a Selena T-shirt all looks like the woman that shot her? Fuck you, that's funny. How do you feel like President Biden is uh, doing with the uh, Latinx community? I'm like, dude, what the fuck did you just call me? The <laughs> they figured out that in Spanish, right, that Latino is masculine. Right, and that Latina is feminine, so they wanted to make it gender neutral by calling everyone Latinx, which they didn't ask Hispanics if that's what we wanted to be called, right? Like, like they didn't ever ask a shit, you know what I mean? By the way, like, can you imagine, right, someone who just crossed over the border, right, and be like, hey, where are you? Like, I, ah, yo soy Latinx, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Like, you're not gonna hear that shit, right? And here's the thing, if they would've done a little bit more research, they would've realized that the entire Spanish language is gender-based, right? you know what I mean? Like, this in Spanish is called micrófono, right? It's masculine, right? I just can't start calling this shit microfonex, you know what I mean? Because then it sounds like allergy medication, you know what I mean? Like, I like, take your mic- dude. That's, that's what you're going to fucking do about her. Yeah. You know? It's life changing, you know what I mean? Only for men, sorry. Women, you guys would be thrown to the fucking
1: gutter. <laughs> <laughs> a- I'm sorry. Because
0: like, I'll tell you one thing nobody hates women more than Latino moms.
1: <laughs> Latino moms
0: hate women with a, with a passion. They hate women more than Andrew Tate, you know what I mean? <laughs> So if I, every Latino woman had a podcast, she would be canceled. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean cancel that woman. But it's true, dude. Like, uh-huh. you of, like, that was, was Brian long,
1: Day long, like, at both. the Haha ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood. Give it up for the very funny, the one and only Brian Day. Thank you for being here, Brian. It's great to see you, brother. Welcome back to Los Angeles.
0: Dude, thank you so much, man. I'm so glad to be here. It's uh, been great, man. I've been loving it. Enjoying... Uh, the do you really miss it? I, I yeah, no. Well, I mean, I enjoy it for what it is. I I love New York where I'm at now, but yeah. you know, LA has some things that I'm enjoying. Um
1: Like the homeless. Yeah,
0: dude. I mean, it's just it's so much fun. Just <laughs> we got to the see best homeless here. You guys have it everywhere, and they're like, I'm I'm actually pretty. I'm in awe of what these homeless people are able to build. You know, like the way they like, put up these shacks and and everything. I mean, I see, like, electrical... I see antennas on some of these things. Oh, yeah. They're- they got, like, you know, a satellite dish on there. I'm like, man, it's almost like you have skills oh, to yeah. be able... to That are employable, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. pretty... No, it's pretty uh, crazy what these people are able to, like, create with a grocery cart. Like, they can turn a grocery cart or into an entire, uh, you know, living situation. You know yeah. what I mean? They can... Make a, a grill out of it. They can freaking <laughs> use it as a as a lawnmower. Like these guys are so intuitive, man. Yeah. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. You see, like the different homeless people evolving and shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. That's but nice. uh, yeah, other than other than the homeless people, um, LA's been really nice to to kind of come back to.
1: Oh, right on. Did you come back for anything specific, or just came back to hang? Or well, yeah. I mean, I
0: I had a uh, you know I I had some. I wanted to do a show out here, so you know, I have a nice little uh, group of people that you know wanted to come out and see me. You know, uh-huh. it's just some people that follow me for my content. So you know, coming out here, putting on a show, which you know we did on Thursday, which I know you were there for.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm glad I caught it. Man, you did a great job, and you crushed it, dude.
0: dude thank you so much. No, they were they were a great crowd. We had an amazing time. I just want to thank everyone who came out. At the Ha Ha on Thursday, um, and I wanted it to do it at the ha, ha because that was the first club in LA that ever put me up on their weekend shows. Really? Friday, Saturday night. The owners of the Ha Ha. Obviously, you got to you know prove yourself, right? I was a young comic, and they were the first ones like, "Hey, man, you want to do a five minute spot just to kind of you know start off?" And you know when you're a new comic and you don't even know if you're funny or not. Five minutes in front of a Friday night crowd in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, that's most comics dreams. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'd love to perform Friday night in L.A. Yeah. You know, comics from all across the country. So that's why when I came back, I was like, when I'm going to do my show, I'm like, I want to do it at the HaHa. Ha. I want to be able to like just kind of come back and just do a night and everyone enjoyed it. And I got to screen a pilot that I'm going to be releasing soon. Uh, on my YouTube channel, so yeah, we got a nice little, nice really little...
1: saw, dude, and it great job acting in it. Oh, thank you, man, I appreciate it, that. Are you? Did you write the script as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, I wrote it and I directed it oh, as well. Right on. So it was, uh, I, I was able to do a little bit of everything, kind of like the, you know, just kind of old school, kind of like what uh, us
1: Mexicans do. Everything. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you got, yeah, you. Got, we always do three jobs at once. Yeah. So. I was like, this is what I'm gonna do with that. So, yeah, this was kind of like my little, you know, comedian, writer, actor, director, kind of doing the Woody Allen kind of aspect of it, Louis C.K., like a lot of those comedians that are able to do that. This was a nice little project where I was finally able to do it. You know, I've written and acted. Yeah. And, uh, but this is the first time I've ever kind of put on my head as a director. And it was great to see how the audience was able to respond to that. Yeah. Um, which is, we're talking about, uh, migrants, which is a uh, web series that I'm launching. So we had the pilot episode and, uh, man, I was just, I, I you, was, I was nervous to see how, it, man. They dude. Were,
1: and then, you know what? It, it was like pretty gutsy too, because you guys had a great show Um, you know, all the comics that you had on, uh, did a great job. They crushed it, you Mm -hmm. know, and then you did an awesome job. You, you closed out the show and, and then, you know, for them to still have energy to sit through a, uh, video of a, a sketch they've never seen before. And then, you know, to give back all that energy and, and they were like, they were loving it. So, like, you know, yeah. Kudos to you, dude. For... It was
0: a gamble now that I think of it. Like yeah. everyone's like, so I had a friend of mine that was there, and yeah. uh he was just like, Man, you, you know, you had a good set, like you had a great set, people were loving it. And he's like, But I honestly, once you put on your your pilot, he's like, I was kind of nervous yeah. because there's nothing worse than like watching something that's supposed to be funny, yeah. and it's not funny yeah (laughs) yeah uh, and i was worried about that man i was like once but once you're in it you're like hey this is it i'm putting it out there and then once once i heard the first laugh from the pilot i was like okay this is good and then and then they started laughing and to the point where they missed certain jokes because the laughter was still carrying on from the previous joke yeah so i was like that's a good feeling you know and then uh uh, it was just, yeah, it was great, and I'm, yeah, I'm very fortunate that everything got pulled off the right way, and um, it, it was just amazing to kind of see how the audience responded to it, and that's, you know, that's kind of the comic mind. I, I think we kind of have an advantage of being standups where we don't fall in love with our material, right? The the audience at the end of the day is the biggest judge of the material, right? So I just approach that with my screenwriting, and I'm like, look. This scene is intended to be funny. If we do it in a table read, is that and it's not getting laughs, something's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I've you know, I've seen other writers that come from like a playwriting background, theater background, and they go, Well, no, you know, this shows this character this, and it's like, yeah, but is it funny? It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be comedic. You're like, okay, well then it's not doing its job. So yeah. You know, I approach that with everything. So when I wrote that script, I I made sure that, hey, I want all these jokes to hit on paper, and then it happened to, you know, and this will translate to the screen, which I was very lucky that it did. So
1: That's great, man. And, and what, what inspired uh, you writing that screenplay?
0: <laughs> so I just remember when, you know, in the news a couple months ago, I saw the news report where, you know, the uh, Texas and Florida governors um, were shipping the migrants at the border, and they were shipping them to different places. You know, they were shipping them to, you know, New York, Washington, um you know seattle like just sending them to like different places and i always thought to myself i'm like it's kind of funny to have people from you know our cultura immediately being thrown into these fish out of water situations so yeah. every every sitcom that people love is like really a fish out of water story you know big comedies things like that so i was like this is a great fish out of water story that kind of just fell into our lap just from what's going on in the world. So my whole thing was imagine if you did have these migrants from, you know, central and South America, Mexico being put in the same room with like some hipsters that want to take them in and kind of, you know, see how they can help them like acclimate to, you know, what it's like to live in like Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where, you know, people have their, you know, pronouns in their bio and like all this stuff. So it's like, to me, it's two worlds colliding, which is what happened in, in the news. So I was like, I'm going to create a situation where, what would it be like to, to see that on screen yeah. and just seeing the jokes? And it's jokes that only, and this is someone that told me, it's like, it's jokes that only could come from your perspective. And that's my biggest thing is like, I want to create stuff that I want to see on screen and I know no one's going to do it. Yeah. You know, because they don't have the same kind of upbringing or culture we have. Yeah. And, That's my approach to it. I was like, I'm going to write stories that come from our point of view or my family's point of view or if you grew up, you know, first generation, you know, Mexican American, your point of view. And that's what film's always been about. It's like, how do you get to know someone? You watch the movies they produce, the, the TV shows they write and direct. You know, it's like, that's how people get to know you and your characters. And that's kind of how I approached it. I was like, I want to make this. I'm not trying to send a message. I'm not trying to be super meaningful. I was like, I just want to create funny. Mm-hmm. And that situation alone was funny to me. So I was like it's going to translate on screen and and you know that's exactly what happened which is pretty great. I can't wait for everyone to see it when it comes out. Right on. Yeah.
1: And so it's a so, uh, it's not just about them landing in Brooklyn, right? So it's a web series so it continues?
0: It does continue. Yeah. So our goal was to see how the first pilot kind of responds online, so You know, the good thing is I do have a little bit of a of a smaller following, and I'm growing it. But it's a good, strong following of people who follow me on like Instagram and TikTok. And what I want to do is start creating like bigger, longer form content on my YouTube channel that people can follow. So that way, if they're like, "Oh man, I love these guys' videos," what else can he do? I want to be like, "Hey, look, I I can tell stories and I can do longer form content." So that's what we're doing now. Which has been great and it's that's you know, we're gonna this is our first episode, which oh. I'm very excited to launch. So yeah, from this episode, we want to be able to create three more episodes. So yeah, if you guys if the audience responds to it, they love it, they can help support it and then they can go ahead and fund the next couple episodes.
1: So the episode uh, that you showcased uh, the other night at the Haha ha, was that um, the first episode?
0: That was the first episode yes so that's our pilot episode i've already written the other episodes it's just about producing i already have everyone ready cast crew it's casted you know i have my actors that that we showcased and yeah it would just about be filming the other ones and i'm I'm, I'm really excited to help you know kind of put that out there for for people who want to see that
1: that's awesome man yeah man you're like the uh, latin adam sandler Is hiring his friends and writing the scripts and just you know going out there and having a good time on set. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's great to perform. at the high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Latino Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Like right. that>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, no, dude. It's I mean, it's it's just freeing because this is kind of the time to do it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's it's kind of the time to just create um, and just have fun with whatever we're doing. And, you know, luckily we're, we're happy, like, you know, doing a podcast. It's like, it's like the same approach to doing a podcast. It's yeah. like I have the idea for a podcast. Let's just do it. Let's just shoot it. It's the same thing that, you know, I approach kind of everything. It's just, hey, I have an idea for a video. Let's do it. I have an idea for stand-up. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, the point is just to, like, not sit on them. It's just you have it, start acting, and then, you know, just follow through on it. I think that's really it.
1: Right on. And for somebody that's, you know, wants to do sketches or write a screenplay or produce, uh, you know, a, a web series like like you created, what are some uh, challenges that uh, were unexpected uh, on your part that you came across that you had overcome?
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot. You know, I have a I also have a film coming out later this year, uh, which right. we can talk about as well. Thanks, man. Um, you're just going to you just have to expect you're going to encounter problems. You just have to expect that not everything is going to go smoothly. You just have to expect that you're going to think you're going to have some resources and then you're not. Um, To me, this is kind of a weird thing that that I've kind of learned is like, I realize that I'm like, things don't start getting done until you encounter your first problem. So, you know, for migrants, for example, we had a location that was going to be very easy to secure. I mean, that's what I was told. Then, once we started kind of getting into the nitty gritty and like nailing down the date and the times, all of a sudden the person that was going to lend us the space started getting, you know, more antsy. They wanted to demand more things and everything. And to be honest with you, I didn't, I wasn't in love with the space enough that I wanted to like follow through with all their demands, you know? So yeah. I said, you know what? We're in New York. There's plenty of other places I can shoot. Uh, I can shoot in other places that look much more like brooklyn yeah and turns out the place that we ended up shooting at was even better really so it's like it's it's you know those that's a good thing that happens so sometimes when i was like oh this is the space i want to shoot we ended up finding something way better that worked way better for us
1: wow that's that's great so like you you know most people would have just settled and said hey you know we'll take what we can get you know especially new uh filmmakers or someone that's trying (laughs) to, you know but you didn't jump at the first chance of you know, getting, a, you know, a, a, a place to shoot. And uh, you're like, I'm going to hold out for a better better place. And that's, uh, you know, I applaud you for doing that because, you know, good things do come to those who wait, I think. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, well, it's just like, it, it's kind of a little scary because I told the actors, I was like, we're going to lock this date in. It's also, too, like, you got to make sure everything fits everyone's schedule. You know, if you tell everyone you're going to shoot on, you know, Monday... And you're like, hey, this location's not going to be ready by Monday. I have to switch it. So now you're like, hey, do we have to? Can we switch it to Tuesday? And then one of the actors is like, well, I'm booked on Tuesday, or I can't do two. So it's like it throws everything off. So yeah. I had a date. I was like, I'm going to shoot it by this date. If the location comes, it comes. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I basically had to, you know, kind of readjust on the fly. We ended up finding something better, even with some of our cast members. I had an actor that was committed. They couldn't do it anymore. They canceled. So I found someone else, and the person I found someone else, I actually think did a, you know, did a, a better job. I wow. think they fit the character better. And yeah. they got a lot of laughs even on the pilot, so that was great. So I ended up working out. So it's kind of the same thing. Things just end up working out a little bit better.
1: So, yeah, you see that actor that dropped out? We didn't <laughs> need you anyways. He's
0: a good guy. He yeah. probably listens to that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's like, fuck him! I didn't want to do his shitty <laughs> pilot, anyways. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> and uh, did you have long shoots, uh, full days, or did, were this you one? This one was
0: pretty simple. Um, it was a one. We knocked it out in one day, just because I was very tight with the script. I knew the jokes that I wanted to do um we gave our actors some leeway just you know after the after the takes that we got that we wanted like all right let's just have more fun with it so we got some good moments from there that did make it to the final cut so yeah man it was one of those things where we're able to get everything in one day we were very efficient i had a great crew and yeah we just kind of got lucky um the tough shoot was for the film that i have coming out um which we're gonna do a, a screening for in may we're in post production now that one we shot 4 days yeah we shot at night it was all night shoots so wow. you're talking about from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. wow to 4 days in a row
1: <laughs> it's i wow.
0: mean you you're an actor and yeah. so uh, night shoots are not easy no it like no. totally messes yeah. up
1: it messes up your your sleep pattern you know what i mean oh,
0: big yeah. time yeah you're going to bed by the way when it's like oh you're wrapped at 4 you really don't get home till about 6.30. Yeah. So it's like, you know, especially for me, I was producing. So I had to make sure everything was taken care of, everything. I had to make sure the actors got back to their hotels safely. So we shot it in El Paso, Texas. So this project is called Legalized. Okay. And it's, it's we're not premiering, we're screening it in May. And we shot it in El Paso in December, which... During the day was around like forty two degrees. At night it would dip down to around twenty four. Oh wow. Because it's in the desert of Texas. Oh, I see. And it's so we had some shots where we're doing outdoor shots and we're running. Wow. So me and the other actor, I, I was I, I was fortunate to act in it. Um, we're running in like twenty eight degree weather. Jesus. At night at four in the morning. Wow. Yeah. So those are the day, yeah. That's when it really kind of gets long, and you're just like, at that point, you're just thinking of like, what's it gonna look like in 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 the final cut? That's all you're thinking about because that's all that can kind of keep you going. So that was a lot of fun, but that was long days. You know, but everyone on the first day is chipper. They're joking. They're cracking jokes on set. Everyone's having fun. The energy's yeah. flowing. You know, it's getting late, but people are drinking coffee. It's fun. Yeah. Then by day three. Like, you could just tell everyone's just, like, on low sleep, low battery, and you got to make sure you get the moments with your actors, yeah. and you also have to make sure that your crew's not falling behind on, you know, setting up shots, and, yeah. you know, because you shoot one angle, you got to shoot everything the other angle, and and everything and yeah so it, make
1: sure you have crafty set up so yeah. everyone's fed and they have their coffee and then their coffee
0: ready. uh meth yeah yeah, yeah. we we, we passed around crack yeah. to everyone on oh, set yeah. and that that did help right so everyone everyone who shits on crack <laughs> you can't shit on crack dude crack yeah. helps
1: crack, crack <laughs> keeps you going past ot yeah
0: dude uh, the trucker's meth you yeah. know what Yeah,
1: I mean? yeah. <laughs> so
0: it's been good man um but that that was a lot of fun, and um, that one that that that's that project that we shot in December kind of really helped me just approach migrants, which was the web series. It's just like, you know, you work with what you got, and yeah. you got to make the most of it, and have fun with it, and you also have to like make sure that everyone's having a good time on set because. Yeah for a comedy you don't want people to be angry on set during a comedy it just ruins everything right right yeah 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 and i'm sure too because you you know you're an actor too so it's like being on set and you're like man this is supposed to be a comedy everyone's super fucking serious <laughs> it's like everyone's pissed like what happened like the fucking director fucked the actor's wife what's going on <laughs> you know what
1: I mean? yeah that's wild dude yeah
0: and what kind? Sorry, did I didn't know. Should I? I can't curse, right? No, you
1: could curse. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It's gonna be on Spotify. Uh, all right, iTunes, all right, All that good stuff. I YouTube. don't know. I thought
0: this was being streamed to Nick Jr. or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no, you're good.
0: This is a uh, yeah. You're like yeah. This is gonna be on the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, you're good, dude. Uh, yeah, man. So, what got you into stand-up? And did you start in Los Angeles, or did
0: I you did? L. A. was my starting ground, man. I, I. I I just told this story the other day to someone. The stand-up thing was always something that I really enjoyed, right? I always loved watching stand-up from when I was a kid. And the way I first started watching stand-up was watching Seinfeld. Wow. Because every episode, right, for the first couple of seasons of Seinfeld, it would open up with him telling jokes. Yeah. So he's just standing there with a microphone making people laugh, and then it would go into his show, remember that like the yeah. early episodes, so it'd yeah, be like yeah. tch, 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 you know what i mean and then yeah.
1: bop,
0: bop, bop, you know like the fucking seinfeld suit song um and he's doing stand-up so i was like i remember as a kid being like oh wow that guy's just talking and people are laughing and i always like to make people laugh like in class i was always trying to joke with my friends my whole family's funny right you know, my my parents are Mexicans from Juarez, so like you know, they all just make fun of each other and jer- you know joke around with each other. I had two older brothers. Okay, Did you remember so my- the youngest? No, no, I'm the second youngest, so I have a younger brother. So there's four of us. Oh, okay. So I had four. Br- I have three brothers. So there's four four guys total in the house, and it was just a very male dominated household. It was my dad. Yeah. It was me. It was my two brothers, my two older brothers, my one younger. So, and my mom was basically like. She basically was a man, you know? So my mom was very progressive. This was like before. (laughs) Because she would always just bust. Before Caitlyn? Yeah, before (laughs) Caitlyn, exactly. Uh, Yeah, my mom uh, identifies as he, him. (laughs) Because she just was like, she used to bust our balls, too. You know, it should be like, you know, making funny, like, hey, no te has bañado ve bañate. You know, like go go shower, you smell like ass. You yeah, know, yeah. like that's how Mexican moms talk to you. They just yeah. talk to you like straight up. They mm-hmm. don't it's not like when you would go to your white friend's house and be like, Timothy, did we do bath time? If not, you're not gonna be able to play your Nintendo. <laughs> and then the kid's like, Shut up, mom. You know, like yeah, yeah. I remember going to my white friend's houses and just seeing how they would, you know, talk to their friends. So always just comedy was in my house all the time. And then Seinfeld, when I used to watch that as a kid, I was like, oh, wow, you can actually just do that. And in the show, he would label himself as a comedian, right? In the show, he would say, it's like, you know, I'm a comedian. I was like, oh, wow, that that's something that, that you can do. So it, the seed was planted there. And then Once I was kind of old enough to, you know, decide where I want to live on my own, I I came out to California, man. And uh, that was kind of it. I was like, I am going to do comedy. And people were like, did you start in Texas? I'm like, no, I never even did one open mic in Texas. I was like, I'm just going to go to L.A. and be a comedian and an actor. And
1: right after uh, high school or college? High school. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. I said, fuck college. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to college. Yeah. And turns out that was actually a really good move because I remember when I went to my first acting class, everyone was like graduated from like, you know, you know, Idaho State with a theater background. And so it's like all these like people that would move to L.A., they, you know, got their theater degree, but they owe like, you know, 50 grand in debt. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know a penny to anyone and I'm in the same position you are. I am in the same acting class and, you know, and I'm going to the same auditions you are. Like, you know, so that was it. And then with stand up, you know, you don't you don't go to school for stand up. You just have to fucking do it. That's what I love about it. It's like there's no school for it. There's nothing. It's literally just it's just. It's a Neanderthal. It's rubbing two sticks together and seeing if you can make fire, which is laughter. Yeah, it's literally going on stage, talking into a microphone, and waiting for laughter to come out. It's it's Neanderthal shit. Yeah, sticks. You know that's what they do. They rub two sticks till fire comes out. You go on stage, you talk until laughs come out. So yeah, I I didn't go to college because I knew this is what I wanted to do.
1: And were your was your family supportive?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're Mexicans, right? So as long as you're not, you know. Being a drug dealer, or I mean, if you're not, as long as you're not getting going to jail, yeah, they're like supportive, oh, you know. Nice. As yeah. long as you're not a drug dealer or anything, actually, you know, my mom even if I would if I was a <laughs> big time drug dealer and like you know giving her a new Mercedes every year for her birthday, she would have been cool with it. Like, hey, I'm, he's providing a service, you know. What <laughs> I mean, people like it. And then, did you see my new E-Class Mercedes? You know, but yeah, my my parents were always supportive just because, yeah, I wasn't doing anything bad. They're like, you know, he's living on his own. I wasn't asking him for anything. I was, you know, working a day job and and doing stand-up at night and going to auditions. And so, yeah, I mean, I was self-sufficient. I was doing what I was doing. I was loving it. I was doing open mics. I was, you know, driving to, you know, Orange County to do stage time. I was driving to, you know, Lancaster doing spot like you know stop bragging <laughs> yeah just doing everything in so i was doing every stage i could get on um friday nights i used to go to I this i know
1: you were a hustler dude when i saw you come around you know i saw you at the open mics i saw you pen and paper writing down stuff and just really um you know crafting your 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 set man and putting it all together and Thank i've you, seen man. you grow through the years man and and i've seen you uh just Get better just over time, and and put in all the work, and and you really didn't have anything handed to you, and you got everything that came your way through hard work and uh, persistence, man. So I, I oh dude, thank you,
0: that's no, that's that's awesome. I mean, I, I I still feel like we're still working for it, um, but yeah. I think now you know, now that I'm in my thirties, you're just you're just trust your you just trust your instincts more. So, in in, in everything, and, and comedy helps do that. Comedy helps, like, strip you down, you know? So, no, I appreciate that, man. It, it was just a lot of, yeah, you're right. It was a lot of just staying on top of it. And I never understood, like, those people that could just go on stage without, like, any notes and, yeah. like, just work material out on stage. I was always very much a very much, like, a, I need to know what I'm saying before I say it yeah. kind of comic. Uh-huh.
1: So, like an actor. Yeah, like writing aspect, yeah. So writing yeah.
0: aspect, that's kind of how I approached it. Yeah. It was like, I'm just going to write everything down. Sometimes I would write it out word for word. Yeah. Sometimes I would just hit the big beats that I know I want to hit. Yeah. But it was always writing, and yeah. I always had the notebook with me. To this day, I mean, I know the set I'm going to say, but I still write it out.
1: Oh. Like, that's... I
0: write out my set list. If not, I don't feel good on stage. Oh. Like, I still write it out. That's so, like, great,
1: dude. That's... I could do the
0: same. So, like, there's times where I, like, go to a club and, like, I'll headline and I'll be, like, I'm going to write out the set that I'm going to do before I go on stage. So, like, I'll do, you know, every bit, every chunk. Like, okay, this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, this chunk, this chunk, blah, blah, blah. I'll do that for show one. And then for show two, I'll do the same thing. I'll rewrite it, even though it's the same thing. Just because my mind, it helps just organize it in my head.
1: Dude, and that's so smart, man, because I was so against writing everything word for word, uh, you know, when I when I first started. And let me just tell you something. It, it went it bit me in the ass later because <laughs> tell yeah, me, tell me. No, because I, I was trying to get. Uh, well, I actually I was approached uh, through Eric. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on his last name, but he was the booker for Comics Unleashed. Oh, uh, Byron's, uh, Byron Allen's Allen show. show. Yeah, yeah, dude. I remember that. And dude, he approached me multiple times, man. And he's like, dude, just, you know, we want to get you on, man. Just write out your set, what you're going to do, and then send it to me, email it to me. I'm like, I don't have it written down. It's all up here, dude. You know, I got bullet points, you know, cause I'm borderline illiterate. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I,
0: just tell him, you're like, I really don't know how to read and write, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, but you know, if it, so, that's just something uh, to to know. If you're an up and coming comedian, uh, is to get in the habit of having it all written down. Because, like I said, it went and and, and bit me in the butt when it was time to get on a uh, you know a network show.
0: Dude, you, I, I actually, and I say this respectfully, I actually credit you, bro, to multiple people for actually helping me become a screenwriter no way yes how so so you told me a very similar story so what i love about eric i and this is your audience will like this eric is a guy well that he's just so honest and so transparent and he's been like that from day one because i love eric because i'm i've been around you dude when you don't like someone and i could tell <laughs> 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 and i also know that you you when you like someone you freaking really love them like you're a loyal motherfucker yeah um I also but I also do know that you you own your your ls you're not one of those dudes that very l uh, it's very la when people play things off when they drop the ball right yeah. they'll be like yeah man I was you know um you know we 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 know comics that have been on these competition shows like America's got talent and everything and the night before they're supposed to be taping dude we see them at the club they're boozing they're they got some chick on them. They're they're out late, and then I've seen it happen, and I know you've seen it happen. The next night they go on stage, like especially during the last Comic Standings eight eight days, they would do their set. They just did their first round. They got some TV exposure, and then you know they go on stage and they eat it the next night when they're supposed to be taping because they didn't go to bed early, they didn't do all the prep work, and then they'll just say, "Oh man, the judges had it against me." You know they don't own their L's, but you told me a story where you really owned an L. And it stuck with me. All and it right. was a lesson.
1: Let me le- relive it right now. Because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't
0: remember. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, I know you probably don't remember. But I remember it so vividly when you told this story that it, it actually inspired me to start writing films.
1: All right. Let's hear it.
0: So you told a story. Um, and if people don't know... Eric is not just a hilarious comedian, but he is a legit matinee actor. I mean, you're you're a great actor, dude. I've Thank seen you your stuff. You're a great actor, and I, I want to work with you. I really do, because you have such a great like on-screen presence. Thank you, buddy. Um, I remember you told me that you did a stand-up set, and you already were working as an actor in L.A., and you got some really strong attention from some top-tier management and representation, which is good. I mean, that's what we fight for. It's like, you want that guy that's just going to make one phone call and get you into any room in Hollywood. And you told me you had that. And you said that this agent was able to get you into direct meetings with heads of casting of Paramount, Universal, NBC, CBS, the Studio City, you know, and... At the end of every meeting, they would ask you, do you have any script ideas? Do you have anything? And then you were like, I just had to tell them no, because I didn't. And they're like, do you have anything that you've written for like a show idea, sitcom, comedy, movie ideas, anything? And you just, at the end of every meeting, they would all ask you that. And you were like... I just told them. I was like, no,
1: no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, and you know what? That's what I heard back from them. No, (laughs) no, no. no. Until that agent said, no, we're not working with you anymore. Yeah. Boom.
0: Yeah. And and I remember you were so honest about it because we're just there and you were talking to a few of us, a few comics. I was, you know, this was like, you know, a few years ago. And you're like, all I could do was just look at these heads of casting and just basically just hold my dick in my hand and just be like, I don't have anything, <laughs> nothing. And when you when you told that story it really stuck with me because I was like, I want to be ready that if if that moment ever happens, I want to make sure that I have at least three or four scripts that I have that I could send over them for to read, uh, TV show ideas, screenplay ideas, and from there brother that's when i decided i was like i'm gonna make sure i know how to at least write a script and tell a story a narrative story so i've told that story to a few other comedians and it also has helped them so your experience helped me man
1: dude let me
0: just tell
1: you (laughs) i'm telling you like wow that well thank you for the kind words man i appreciate you and you know what you are spot on you're 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 very observant man and uh you you got you you nailed it right on the head. You know that as far as like if I don't like you, you'll know I don't like you. <laughs> like I just can't I can't I can't hide it. I'm no. not that good of an actor. No, you know no, no. I appreciate you you know uh, sending my praise uh, my way and 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 telling me what kind of uh actor uh i am because i you know i do respect it and i you know it's a form of storytelling just like stand-up is how we we're talking yeah. earlier yeah and i respect what we do you know just like you respect what you do by you know what you do what you, when you're saying to the audience uh when you write out everything that you do brian which is 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 very commendable and 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 it's your way of respecting the audience, is that you don't go up on stage and, well, we'll see what happens. Well, we'll see how tonight goes. You have it all written down. And you said, you know what? This is what I worked hard, you know, uh, you know, I've been working on these jokes, and this is what I've worked, uh, you know, all this time for. And I'm gonna respect these people that paid money to go and see me, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give them these jokes that I've worked so hard for. So yeah, I didn't even
0: think of that, but yeah, dude, dude I, I know, didn't even think of that.
1: You know what, man? That's your way of saying you know what. Thank you for getting the babysitter, and uh, you know, paying for the you know the parking, and uh, thank you for you know taking time. Uh, you know, you only get one night off or two nights off. You know, depending on your work schedule. That's like true. the people that come see you, right? Yeah, you're right. And they paid money to come see you. And what you what you're doing is you're saying, look, I know you 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 did all this uh, and made all this effort. To, to come see me, I'm gonna give you something that I know that that is funny because I've been working uh, on it for so long, and that's, that's true. your way of thanking them. And dude, that's it's you know, so um, I don't know. I kind of went off on a on a thing. I don't no, know. No, but I happened.
0: I didn't even think of that because you're right. It is for most times when you go out to a comedy club or anything, it's really many people's first time ever going to a comedy show. It's not really on a lot of people's lists, right? Like most people go out to eat, go out to a bar, they go out for drinks, they go out... Dude, people go out fucking bowling before they go out to a stand-up show. (laughs) So by the time that people have hung out enough to where they've done a bunch of different things, then they finally go, hey, why don't we go to a comedy club and go watch some stand-up comedians? And if you go up there and their first time ever going to a comedy club and the comic up there is just, you know... Mumbling, they're not really going anywhere. They're not making any strong points. They're not really giving it their all. And they're just kind of like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? You know, like that comic, dude, you don't realize, but you've ruined that customer for many other comedians all versus right, if right, they dude, go... I get it,
1: man. Stop talking about me. I, you know, I, I'll write <laughs> shit down, man.
0: Jesus. <laughs> what I'm saying, Eric, is you've really fucked it up yeah, for a lot of... Jesus. You didn't fuck up you're just your career. You yeah. fucked up a lot of yeah,
1: guys' yeah, yeah. If you came to my show and you saw that part of me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <But> no refunds.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're like, I, I, I put that in the ticket. No refunds at all. Um... Yeah, dude. No, I I didn't. I didn't think of it like that. But uh, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I didn't think about it like that before either, Brian. And this is like, you know, like 15 years doing stand up. And this is just me realizing this at this age. Well, better late than never. Right. But you know what, dude, if if I would have realized that when uh, before I got I I got those uh, meetings with these, uh, you know, uh, executives at these networks. Um, that that big agent uh, got me through, right? Uh, if I would have known that at that time, then I would have had more respect for the people I was sitting across from in those meetings, and I would have had something prepared.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can do that about anything. And the thing is, like, you take that with you now, and you can be – you're right. It, it It's one of those things where it's – You kind of go through life, especially as a creative, and you focus on all of your faults because you're like, shit, if I would have done that different, where would I be now? Or maybe that would have led to this opportunity and everything. But truth be told, man, I mean, it's kind of like relationships, right? You're like, man, if I would have maybe, you know, called that girl back more or, you know, been more present on some dates, maybe that relationship would have turned into this kind of relationship. But at the end of the day, if it didn't work out, you got to just apply it learn the lesson and then when you date someone new you're like shit okay now i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna be this kind of guy with this girl you know yeah yeah. and you know it's the same thing with relationships so it's like i think i think kind of comedy in life is like really really kind of coincides with you know how we handle our you know dating life or love life yeah yeah especially like career wise because if you can find any woman that'll tolerate dating a comedian God bless her, you know, because we're really not the best people. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like you're in a good spot now, dude. With yeah, your yeah,
1: I'm just going to edit that part so my girlfriend doesn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know.
0: Yeah, she she's still under the spell that you're this amazing guy. She hasn't seen how much of a piece of shit you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are.
1: No, dude, she's really supportive, and I really lucked out because everything you just said was absolutely true about us comics. You know, we got a lot of good things to offer, but you know, you gotta yeah, we we got some baggage, right?
0: Dude, I mean, I I know. Like, you know, my lady will say she's like, "You're incredibly selfish," and I'm like, yeah, "I I know." <laughs> like, I'm like, I know this. I've talked about it with my therapist. Like, I'm like, I am a selfish person. Hence, why I'm on stage talking to a room full of people and I want to be the center of attention. You know, it's like, sorry, you know, like you kind of have to be a little bit, you kind of have to have a little bit of that. But the point is, is that when you're with that person, you got to like just check that at the door, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of hard to do sometimes. It's really hard. It's hard to do when like you go on or like you travel to a different city, you crush, and then you come back and your girl's like, can you just rub my feet? And you're like, Rub your feet. I, I just <laughs> murdered in you know Portland, Oregon for two, you know, for three nights, you know, and then you got it. But you got to be that guy. You got to humble yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. And rub the feet. <laughs> <laughs> are you a
1: foot guy, Eric? I am. Yeah. That, that that's that is I. Uh, so you're like oh I'm all over the foot, dude. I love feet, dude.
0: No uh, way. Are you like a legit
1: foot guy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm full on.
0: Are you, you a know? toe sucker? Yeah, yeah, if
1: it's <laughs> yeah, right, dude. yeah, yeah. Good if, for you, if the man. The bunions, right? You know.
0: Oh, yeah. the bunion's got to be there. No, are you really? No, seriously.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely, dude. Feet. You are, are a fucking dirty I know. <laughs> I'm a dirty Mexican
0: too. I'm a foot guy as well. So <laughs> I, uh, okay, it takes one one foot to know the other foot. Yeah. <laughs> if the shoe fits, I'm sucking on it. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so important. Do you ever uh, recommend a shoe for your girl, uh, your wife? I'm sorry. dude i i I,
0: I buy her shoes i buy her shoes because i want her to wear certain shoes and uh
1: no way wow you actually wow that's i am
0: like i'm gonna buy you these shoes because i want you to wear them okay yeah no yeah i want her to do but unfortunately my my girl's got some not great feet so (laughs) it's good I, i i picture other women's feet when i'm with her She's yeah. like, are you thinking of someone else? I'm like, just their feet.
1: Dude, that's
0: so funny. <laughs> just their feet. Yeah, yeah. I like everything else. You're, I like how yeah. she's built every way else. Yeah, yeah. It's still you, but I'm still. But I'm thinking of this Asian girl's foot <laughs> that I, you know, put in my mouth <laughs> ten years ago. You know,
1: That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I know. We are dirty animals, man. What, Have you what ever had a chick thing- with
0: like a big foot? Like just like a. You're like, damn, that's a that's a that's a clog right there. That's a that's a hoof.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, not that I could recall, but I guess all feet look the same in the dark. You know. I don't oh, know. Okay. Yeah, wow,
0: dude, you got to be careful, dude. You can't just <laughs> put any foot in your <laughs> mouth, dude. That's true. That I true. mean, I. What have you ever dated a tall chick? Like a tall chick.
1: Yeah, that's you know. I actually like tall chick.
0: What's the tallest you've ever been with? Uh, like I think it was
1: like six. Uh, six. I think it was six. Foot. Like, but I didn't date her. I just was with her.
0: She, yeah, you romanticized her. Yeah. You I had an encounter. Yeah, I had an encounter. And she was six foot.
1: Six foot, yeah.
0: Damn, six foot's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah,
1: but she had a small Adam's apple, so it, it kind of made up for it. But the balls were huge, though. Yeah, yeah, huge <laughs> balls. <laughs>
0: That's good. She made up for it in ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> small Adam's apple, big ball. That's my <laughs> kind of girl. It's my kind of gal. No, what about I've,
1: you? What's your... Do you like tall chicks?
0: Um, I don't go out of my way to date them, but I have dated some taller women, and you know, part of it is good to date taller women. Um, You're what, it, like six foot? I'm six feet. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I, I was blessed to be in the six foot club. Nice. Um, the tallest woman I ever dated was six one. And she had a foot on her, like <laughs> legit. She wore like a size.
1: Yeah, cause you're from Texas, and
0: she, dude, my, she wore. Bigger. I remember her foot because I was, it was like about to go into my mouth. I'm like, yeah. this is this is hefty. <laughs> like I should have stretched my jaw out before I put my mouth on this toe right here. It was it it it, it was like a hoof, but. She had so, Her feet were nicely taken care of, which was nice, but I didn't realize how big her feet were until they, they were like this close to my face. <laughs> and I was like, I was like opening it like when you see a Carl's Jr. commercial, you know, I was like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. So she was like, she was one, Wow. And she had a, she had a big woman's foot. Uh huh. And she, I mean, not obviously. I mean, if you find a tall woman, there's a, there's a base, a big base that goes with it. Uh huh. Yeah. So she, I think, honestly, I think she might have had like a size like 11 in women's, dude. Oh, wow. Which is like, a, I mean, that's basically a size like nine and a half for men. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, it was a pretty hefty one. Oh, wow. And that, that made me rethink. I'm like, uh, I can't just go straight for the foot. I gotta like, I gotta size them up first. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like, it's Like, you ever go to the gym? and because i feel like every guy's done this you ever go to the gym and being like kind of picture like hey what if this guy tried to fight me how would i how would i fight someone that at big? the gym yeah oh
1: okay yeah yeah like
0: you, you ever size yeah. up dudes yeah. not uh, like you're gonna do it but you're right, like right. if this guy were to come at me what would i do Absolutely. if he's like this much bigger than me yeah, yeah so now i'm doing that with women's feet i'm <laughs> sizing them up <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice yeah yeah man I, well, the thing about big feet i think the shoes are more expensive aren't they so It's a good thing to avoid them if you're on a budget.
0: Yeah, Yeah, my lady's got some small feet, even small for her size, which is nice because I do like a little petite foot. It's cute. Oh, right on. Yeah, a little cute foot. You know, like when you're cuddling and you see the foot kind of come on your calf, you're like, oh, that's a cute foot versus like a big old, you know, freaking Shaquille O'Neal foot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I told you I I met my girlfriend through the dating app during the pandemic. Where'd you meet your wife? I met her on
0: a dating app. Tinder. There you go. So I was, you did Bumble. Yeah. Which is the, that's the new, that's the new one. Yeah. By the way, that's that's the feminist app because women got to reach out first. Right. So she liked what she saw with Eric Allegria.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good thing that, uh, you know, I had my headshots ready. <laughs> do you the use the headshots oh, of course
0: dude i know yeah, aren't yeah. those that? that's yeah. like a slam dunk
1: i mean well i paid for them right yeah, yeah.
0: you're like i better get yeah. something out of it exactly get some you know hot sex and, out of
1: it and when she when she recalls you know uh you know seeing my profile she always mentions the good pics
0: oh she's like the picture stood out
1: yeah so it's best 350 i've ever spent
0: yeah that's not bad do you, did you have a pic of you this is what every comic does the stand-up pic
1: um, you know what? I don't think I remember having to stand up, pick
0: where you're like, you know, at it be with the like the laugh factory behind you or the improv. You, yeah, you ever one of those? Just, I had one of those. Just
1: just on you know my social uh, profiles, uh, but not on my dating app. Uh, I don't I don't think so.
0: Okay, yeah, because that that is like the kind of male comic, like i'm a comedian card yeah you know yeah. what i mean like yeah because yeah. i used to have that i used to have the laugh factory yeah oh, logo yeah. behind me with the stand-up pick, and that was Great like backdrop uh, and immediately women would be like oh you're a comedian you perform at the Laugh factory. I'm like yeah do you want to come back and you know you want to come to my show and that that was the move yeah, yeah. obviously so I pulled that. I, dude, I used that card because you're, it's the same thing with the headshot. You're like, dude, I'm, I'm doing comedy. I've, I've given up my whole life for this. I better get something back.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And you've been with her for a while, right? Cause you were with her in, uh, in Los Angeles before you left, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've been together for how long has it been? Almost eight years. Wow. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I dude, can't even believe
1: it. so at what age did you get married?
0: 20 28 wow yeah okay so not too bad yeah yeah it's fire 28 is not too bad yeah yeah i mean that's young for la yeah yeah everyone's like what 28 that's so young. i'm like you know everyone i know back home has already had like four kids by the age of 28 you know so it, it was fine for me i was like you know 28 i'll just go and do that
1: but don't like you most people get uh Married to have kids, and you still don't have any kids, no right? No
0: kids. No kids. I don't know. That's the new age, dude. Women don't want to have kids these days.
1: And that's good, right?
0: I mean, for right now it is, yeah. but what if I do want to have kids? Uh-huh. I don't know. I've been kind of thinking it. I'm kind of getting the dad dadage. Do you have any yeah. relatives that have kids already?
1: Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm the youngest of four, so all my siblings have kids. How do you feel? I, How do you
0: feel about the kids?
1: Thing? I love being a great uncle.
0: Do you want to be a dad?
1: I'm good with being an uncle ah yeah, okay yeah. okay yeah 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 so um, you're like
0: i, ah, it's not something that really is a big appeal to you
1: no not at this age yeah i'm a lot older than you i'm uh 47 shut up so yeah yeah eric <laughs> yeah, dude yeah, you yeah, are yeah. by the way this proves that <laughs> we
0: are the fountain of youth latinos are dude, it, it, dude you honestly you are you, you look amazing thank there. you brother yeah yeah
1: it's the the uh, the guacamole I put on my face every day. <laughs> the guacamole mask. Yeah,
0: it's delicious too. Yeah, bro. you got to make sure great.
1: you had the pico de gallo. You know <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, but that's oh yeah. I guess I I mean look, it's always possible for us as guys. Yeah, which is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, it's I, always possible. But I,
1: you know, I, you know, I, I just don't want to be the old dad. You know what I mean? Why not? Why not? What? Is it, yeah, why not? Oh, did, yeah. I mean, I, I just. Don't want to be that old guy, man. You know, it's like, I'm too old for this shit. I don't want to.
0: Did your dad, did your dad have you guys young or was yeah, he a little bit older? Young. Yeah, skin, like, dude. True. Yeah. My mom too,
1: dude. Like, oh, but by the time my dad was 28, he had all his kids.
0: Yeah. yeah dude, that was back then. They just didn't care. They were just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bust and move on to the next kid. You know? I'm. I don't. Honestly, though, like I think we're the one generation where, yeah, having kids like we really think it through. Back then, I felt like they were just so like cavalier about it. Yeah, I'll I'll have a kid. Why not? And they just start blowing loads in our moms. Oh yeah. Our dads were just blowing loads in our moms early. Right, dude. Dude, yeah. 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 Have you ever? Have you ever accidentally like had a con? Have you ever had the scare though? Have you ever gotten close?
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. I've, been, I've taken the trip to the clinic. Ah.
0: <laughs> Eric, I love it, dude. You you have already, yeah. You've you so you have gotten close. That's how you know you're like ah, I I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I got cold feet. Yeah, you did big yeah. cold feet in yeah, your mouth.
1: Yeah. yeah, that kid would have been like 24 already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, you passed one early. Yeah. Woo.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've never gone. I've never gone to the point. Where I've gotten the chick pregnant, oh. I've never gotten to the point where we had to take that drive to oh. uh, the P Hood. Okay, I've never done that, which is good. I, you know, I'm a responsible, I'm a responsible adult out there. I don't know because I, I, I'm a, I've, I've always thought that. Like I've just gotten scared. I'm, I'm a big uh, condom guy.
1: Okay, well, good for you, man.
0: <laughs> You're like I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always, if I've ever, if I've ever like engaged, I'm like, I'm just, I'm responsible. I'm like a boy scout. Yeah. Like I've, I've already got my little, uh, what's it? My, I got my condom ribbon. Yeah. yeah. You know, like my I, condom badge. I'm like, I always got it ready. I like it's, your
1: joke that you have about condoms. I want to hear. Let me see. I got, I have your, uh, your stand up with me right here. Maybe it's in one of these clips here. Uh,
0: my condom joke. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a good condom. God bless him. (laughs) Do
1: you hear anything planned?
0: Not through my ears, no. That might be it right there. Did you have that one camera in the back the whole time?
1: No, no. I didn't have it in there the whole time. I uh, I oh, moved around. Great. So, yeah, I moved around to different uh, different places because I didn't want the, the, the same angle. No,
0: no. Okay. And, no, that looks great, dude. That's right? that awesome. You need
1: a variety. Makes it more interesting.
0: <laughs> Good times, man. What a great crowd.
1: What a great crowd, man.
0: I'm so glad you were there.
1: Yeah, dude. Me too.
0: Oh my gosh. There's nothing like a great just a, a comedy audience that comes out and they're just ready to have
1: Oh yeah, fun. dude. Totally. No, they were they're a great crowd. and you did a great job, dude. Thank you, brother man. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. I
0: appreciate you being there.
1: Yeah, dude. And you know what, man, dude, I, I'm so I'm so happy that you took uh that that little bit of of knowledge, um uh, you know that I experienced that uh, and and you applied it and because you know I I was lucky enough to get some you know gems just from you know
0: I mean your talent you deserved it uh, thank you you did i mean you're a great actor you're a great comic
1: but like i it's like these, these these gems of knowledge and you'll do the same thing and I'm sure you've affected other comedians too because you're really gracious with your time and you're very, you know, approachable and, you know, th- what I see from you is that, uh, you know, uh, You're just really nice to, you know, up-and-coming comics. So I'm sure you've affected some other comedian's uh, life. And and what I tell other people is just pass it on, right? Pass on the knowledge.
0: I think that's what, I mean, I had a lot of comics um, give me advice early on. And what was great is that, you're right, I had those people that, like, kind of just, like, they let you hang around them. And they, they don't need you around them. But they just let you. Yeah. And in fact, you're kind of in the way. Yeah. Um, and they'll be like, hey, we're going to go grab a bite. You know, the after show bite. We're like, hey, we're all going to go out this diner or something. And they just happen to invite you. Yeah. Like that, that means everything when you're starting out. When, when nobody, when you're so young and you just want to be in the same room with people that are like making a living doing what you want to do and they're doing great it's, it's you would not believe how valuable that was to me. And I had a few comedians that did that early on. And I still remember that. And yeah, anytime I try to, and I always try to, I don't want to be, I try to humble myself too because there are times where it's like not the most convenient thing to do. But you also realize you're like, man, people did that to me. And there could have been people that could have been like, Who is this young kid like, you know, he he just touched a microphone six months ago and now he's hanging around, you know, some people that have TV, you know, they're on TV, you know, they have a TV show, they're on Netflix, they have a Netflix series, like, so that means a lot. And when you're in that proximity, it just becomes tangible. It just becomes real. It doesn't seem like a dream. You're like, wait, that guy that I hung out with last night, he has a show on HBO right now. Or like he just dropped a special on Netflix, and um, one person that I will mention right here, which I was really heartbroken to to hear that they passed, was uh, David Arnold.
1: David Arnold. David Arnold. Dude, he passed.
0: You didn't know that? No,
1: dude. No. Oh my
0: god. Well, am I break. I feel bad that I'm breaking this news to yeah, you right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh wow. David yeah, Arnold. What a
1: talented. What a talented guy.
0: Yeah, I- he passed. He. So he, uh, six, like, a couple months ago, I saw that um, his Instagram had posted that, you know, it was one of his family members and they were like, unfortunately, we, we are, you know, it hurts us to inform you that, you know, wow. our David Arnold is no longer, with." and I was like, what? And then I saw like other comedians sharing their story and it was one of those things where it really impacted me because I was about maybe two, two years into stand up. And again, it was at the Ha Ha. Okay. This is why. Yeah. And David Arnold, I was a young comic. I did my, I got a guest spot on a Friday night show that he was on, and after my set, he went out of his way, and I watched him. He watched my set, and he laughed, and he went out of his way to tell me. He was like, "Man, he's like, uh, how old are you?" I was like, uh, "I'm 24," I'm and he was just like. You're really funny, man. He's like I, he's like your jokes are solid. And after that, he gave me the same level of respect wow. that he did to, you know, comedians that were already at the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, and that made that made all the difference for me, man.
1: Wow, dude. And what and a compliment it, it really, coming it, from uh, such a great comedian, dude. Great comic you know, an amazing writer, someone uh, Yeah, great and, writer.
0: And that dude, yeah. When he and he and he recited one of my bits, he's like that bit that you did about oh, wow. your family going to Mexico. He's like that's. He's wow. like that was. And then when he did that, I'm like, dude, that really stuck with me. Of course. So I've always I always tell I always try to go out of my way to tell people who are funny. I'm like, you're funny, man. Like that was great because again that that hap- that helps a lot.
1: It does, it does, dude. I I dude, I remember all the people that told me I was funny that, you know, it, it kind of like it meant a little bit more hearing it from them. Right. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. And you you always remember that. Yes. And, and that's great advice, dude. And I and I really I really agree with, with what you just said. You know, I think I think you should. I think you should tell them. And uh, because you know what, dude, you might get hit by a bus uh, tomorrow and you never got a chance to tell that one dude that it was funny and it would have impacted that person's life. For, for I mean,
0: it, again, it, it's those things that stay with you. Yeah. And whenever, whenever I find myself in that position or something, and I find a comic that it's like, "Hey, man, you know, you're funny," or like, "What can I do to, to help?" I, I I still do that even in, out in New York. I, I do that out in New York. Um, it's just a, it's a great, it's just a, it's just, it's one of those things where, it's never going to be convenient, all the time. But when you go out of your way to do it, it it can make, you know, kind of all the difference. And you could take that outside of stand-up and just do that for anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just being nice to people really stands out, especially in an industry that, you know, treats all of us like shit. Right. Right. It's like, right. you don't have to be part of that, you know? So.
1: Yeah. I feel like, you know, stand-up comedians need it even more than actors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot
0: of actors that, like, live in their own world, you know? And. For me, you know, stand- and, and and you know, stand up is one of those situations where like the audience tells you how good or bad you did. But as an actor, you know, you can kind of like live on and being like blame everything else because you never get the feedback right away. But as a comic, if you're not doing well, the audience is going to let you know. Yeah. So and that's what I like cuz we can apply that to acting, we can apply that to storytelling. I think as a comic, you have to just be honest with yourself the whole time you're forced to be
1: yeah that's one of the struggles that i felt uh faced with uh you know getting the filmmaking going because we don't have that immediate reaction from the crowd no so you don't, don't it. No. you gotta just take a chance and think hey this you is gotta funny.
0: just I, one thing i think does convey is like when people really feel like you're telling a story from the heart i think the audience can feel that that it's like oh, okay this is honest they're they're being transparent about it but yeah, I mean, either even then that may not be enough, and you just gotta take it on the chin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. <laughs> How many times have you're you like taken a deep thought a about it? You're like, yeah,
0: no, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I know, dude. It's like, you know, it. You know, it's it's weird because we we think of these things all the time and they run through our head. But when you say it out loud and you hear it out loud, you know what I mean, uh, mm. through a microphone. It it just has a more of an impact, so that was just, uh, or maybe that was a drug flashback that I just had. Yeah, (laughs) you just had a little
0: acid flashback. (laughs) I'm kind of jealous, dude. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, but you know what? You know what I was thinking to to to, to be honest was um, going back to. you know what we were talking about how important it is to have something to present to uh you know anyone with the position to further your career right uh executive manager agent about writing it down and what we were talking about um you know i i especially like that it 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 sunk into a fellow latino you know a fellow <laughs> first generation you know mexican american because i always tell everybody uh, you know, and my girlfriend. You know, she. You know, she works in media sales for Univision. Yeah. Or Univision, if you're a bilingual. Yeah. Uh, Univision.
0: Univision. That sounds better. Right? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, people don't realize. Have you ever heard from non-speaking uh, people that say, "Why do Latinos always like overpronounce like the Spanish word?" You know, and they're like this, but because it, it sounds weird for us to say it. Like, I have to of,
0: go out of my way to sound shitty. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And it's just easier. Yes. So, like, yeah, right. like I went to go get uh, a bite at, you know, Casa Vega yeah. in Sherman Oaks. Right. Right. In Studio City. Yeah. And then it's like, where do you want to meet? They're like, I was like, let's go to Casa Vega. Like, oh, yeah, I'll meet you at Casa, Casa Vega. Vega. And you're right. like, it's see I, it's harder for me to say it that right, way. Right. Right. I have to yeah. go out of my way to be shitty. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's what they don't understand. That's like, that's why.
0: like, uh, that's like when you just wash your car. Yeah. And you drive around a big puddle, and people are like, just just drive through the fucking big, muddy, disgusting puddle. And you're like, yeah. why? You're like, because that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Right, right.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's important to get our... Our voices out there as Latinos, and that's what I like about social media and uh, YouTube in particular. Is that uh, we are not uh, waiting for the gatekeepers to let us in. We're creating our own comment, uh, our content, and getting it out there.
0: I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, I that's one thing I've seen from you know a lot of the you know the black creators like com- comedians. Like, dude, they did Kings of Comedy back yeah. in the day. Yeah, dude, you got guys like Spike Lee. That was writing, acting, and directing. Yeah. And he was casting all black actors. And he was telling black stories. That's right. And then fi- and then John Singleton, John Singleton Boys in the Hood. Yeah. That's a black story yep. by a black writer and director. And he was 24 when he did that.
1: Yeah. Amazing. So
0: it's just like, and then finally once you create those stories and they start landing with people, and then Hollywood's just like, Oh, wow, there is an audience for this. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, but if we don't go out of our way to create these things they're never going to see it. So we got to stop complaining and start creating. Right, right. Stop complaining, start creating. Exactly. That's really it.
1: No, no, I 100%.
0: So yeah. it's like, you know, with you the know. story I had that I'm I'm doing like my my film, it's called Legalized. It's yeah. it's a story of whenever the Amnesty Law passed in the 80s, which gave my parents the right to residency in the United States, and that changed the life of millions of Latinos. And we don't. A lot of people don't even know that story, nor have they ever seen it on screen in a narrative way. They, you know, you learn about it maybe in a history book or a text. But like, I just remember my parents telling me stories growing up, and I'm like, that stuck with me. Yeah. And it's just like, why not put this on screen and doing it in a way that's it's entertaining, it's comedy. Yeah. But also like kind of capturing this moment in time. Yeah. Which, to my knowledge, I've never seen done before. So. That's That was like, if I don't create this, I know no one's going to do it. Absolutely. And I think that's the approach, you know, when you see that from, you know, those great, like, black directors in America, you know, Spike Lee, John Singleton. Uh, you got Jordan Peele who's now doing that, right? Like, every story he creates, he's like, I'm going to cast people that look like me because I know what they're feeling and going through. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, if we don't do it, no one else is going to do it. No
1: one it. else will do it. So and it's fun that, if you're a Latino out there, or even if you're not a Latino, oh, represent who you are. You know, if you're uh, a furry type, you know, and you're, you yeah, do like, a
0: story about furries. Yeah, and the coming of age tale. Yeah, yeah, the coming of age furry tale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> represent.
1: <laughs> No, it's, you know, we my girlfriend and I, we, we came across La Bamba the other day. And I was just like, because I, I was just, I, I you know, I kept yeah. on it. And uh, it was actually a YouTube channel uh, talking about, you know, how like they they're just uh, displaying uh, facts about the movie. Like, you know, the film locations and just kind of yeah. like, uh, facts about, you know, the actors and stuff like that it was really interesting. And La Bamba, I, I remember my parents taking us to the movie theater and seeing it. Yeah. And it just it had a huge impact on my life and and how you know you know a story was was told about someone I could relate to you know what I mean yeah and uh, it's really important you know because you never know whose life you're gonna affect just by telling a story
0: Dude, and, and that's exactly right. You don't never know and the most important thing is it's the relatability to where it just seems again, it's tangible. That's the one thing that I think people talk take don't take away. It's like everyone's like, why is everyone so focused on diversity? It's like, I don't care about diversity of like the cast. I care about the diversity of the story. There's so many angles and so many stories that haven't been told yet. But whenever it's something that like relates to you and your household and like how you grew up and you see that on screen, it just makes it seem that much more realistic. Kind of like when we're going back to was like being a young comic and then invited to hang out with like the older comedians who are already making a living and you you're an open micer. you're like wow this is tangible like i'm around these people this seems like something that i really can do like and it's the same thing when you go like when you watch la bamba on screen you're like man the, these people kind of talk the way my family does it's the same kind of interaction it it seems tangible yeah so yeah, yeah. that's you hope that's what we need to do i mean yeah. and and it's fun yeah and i i i i I love it. Bottom line. it's did, amazing.
1: Did you have a movie uh when you were a kid that you saw that kind of like inspired you to uh, get out there and tell stories, or did you have a a, a movie uh, that 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 you saw as a youngster where it kind of made you feel like you know you could do it? Um,
0: particular movies that I was watch as a kid um For me, it was all about, like, being able to, like, find kind of deep characters that you kind of, like, that stick with you, right? So, the movies that I would watch were always about that. Like, uh, I think as a kid, it's so funny, too because I, you know, like, my parents, they would always let us watch anything (laughs) like they were just they were just like yeah those like mexican parents were like and my by the way my mom like wanted me to be an actor so she's like watch it for the acting yeah yeah that's cool so she always like wanted me to be an actor and she would like put me in like little theater classes and stuff like that so she was always like watch it for the acting and it's like pulp fiction and i'm like 10 years old <laughs> watching pulp fiction but she's like look how good the acting is like so wow. i got yeah my my parents would like let me watch these like hardcore i remember watching heat as a kid i was like no wow way. yeah and it's like one of the most like
1: Wow, you had some bad parents. Yeah, I know, I did.
0: <laughs> I was exposed to all of it, and now I do comedy, which goes to show you I could have been a serial killer. Oh you
1: know? man, I'm just kidding, uh, Mrs. and Mr. Torres Day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the funny thing is, is that I, I, my parents just let me watch anything as a kid, so I wasn't filtered with anything, and I, I did, I knew what movies were. My parents explained to me what movies were. So if there was something on screen that I thought was like a little crap, my mom was like, "They're just actors, like you are." So it just made it easier. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I would watch. You know, it,
1: was she? I mean, wow, for some, was she an actress?
0: She wasn't, but uh-huh. she she liked it a lot. Oh wow! And she wanted me and my brother to be an actor. Wow! And she was like, "I think you know you would be do- good at this." Wow! And uh, she would like my mom would. You know, I grew up in Texas, but she found, like, a little talent agent, and wow. she was like, my kids want to be actors, and, you know, we did some, like, pr- like photos at, like, Walmart or JCPenney, <laughs> Montgomery Ward. We did, like, little... Do you remember Montgomery Ward? We did, like, little photos there, and then my mom used that as headshots, and I remember going to, like, auditions and stuff, wow. and that's something she wanted. So, like, at home, you know, my mom would, like, let us watch, like, the movies that were, like in big in the theater. Yeah. So, like, I remember seeing Force Gump as a kid and wow. seeing, like, all these movies, uh, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, like, wow. just, like, all these, like, heavy topic movies. But mom was like, they're actors. They're like yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're on set. You know, like, so you cool. when you're in a play, you're rehearsing. Yeah. So she, she it, it, it made me look at it differently. Yeah. I, I saw it from a different perspective. But, yeah, I remember just watching movies and just enjoying them and really kind of just, like, Walking away, and being like, "Wow, that was that was a story," you know. Yeah, right. So I I can't say one film in particular that stands out, but it was more just like, just the whole movie aspect was great, you know. Yeah. And the way that my parents approached it.
1: How about TV shows?
0: TV shows definitely. TV TV shows definitely. Seinfeld was a big one. Okay. Seinfeld was big. Because I, I saw like the, the comedian aspect and the interaction with the characters and everything. And that's, that's a show that I purposely would try to watch when I was like 10 or 11. Uh-huh. Just watching Seinfeld. Saved by the Bell. Same thing. Ugh. I remember watching Saved by the Bell a lot as a kid. And it's just like entertaining. And, and I'm mean being like, Mario Lopez on TV. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that guy. People used to call my brother Slater because he kind of looked like Mario Lopez. Yeah, so he used to be called Slater. So I would watch it and be like, "Oh, that's yeah, like my brother." You know, and he you know he's Mexican American yeah. and my brother was like kind of a, you know, he was a he was a weightlifter, so he was kind of buff like him and Yeah. So yeah, people would call my brother Slater <laughs> and I remember his friends coming over and like that was his nickname. They would call him Slater. Wow. So I I remember watching it and I'd be like, "Oh, that's like my brother." So it it did kind of make it tangible. It made it relatable. Oh. Like one character yeah. would do that. Uh Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Watched that a lot growing up. Just like these shows, yeah, yeah, like comedies. Right. Stood out. Yeah. I was like I was like the world of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah, those shows stood stood out to me. Yeah. Um and you know, the, you kind of take them with you. It, it, it's weird like those are those are weird influences but they they stick with you. It's yeah. the stuff that you can like look, look back on and be like, wow, I remember a lot of details about this show that I haven't watched in since I was a kid, but I know like the lines, the dialogue, the moments, everything. It's it's weird. It's weird what stays in your mind, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is weird. Yeah. So it, you know, if you had the genie that grant you that one wish, and uh, and and you got to do, uh, you know, the, the television or movies mm-hmm. or stand up, what would it be? What would your your one wish be? Uh, to, my dream life, yeah,
0: is to have a. This is my, this is like, I've already, I've I've dreamt about this because I used to have a really shitty telemarketing job. The type of job where they don't allow you to have your cell phone oh, at your desk.
1: That is a shitty job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the type
0: of where they literally like monitor oh, your behavior.
1: That
0: damn dude. Dude, yes. But I had to work it because I was like, it fit with my acting and stand-up schedule. Okay. So... They used to just give you pen and paper, so I used to just write jokes. Uh, I used to just write. Uh, to to be honest with you, it's kind of a good thing, you know. How some people like take a break from their phone. Yeah. This job was like you're taking a break from your phone six hours a day. Wow. So I was like, okay, good. So your mind starts wandering. Yeah, sure. So I started doing a lot of dreaming.
1: Yeah, A.K. working. Yeah, I know.
0: Man, uh, like you know, I don't say manifesting, but like I was just a picturing like what would my ideal day. So I figured it out. Wow. So. The one place I really want to live in LA, I would I would live in LA by the way. Okay. For this to happen.
1: And why did you take your ass to the East Coast?
0: I don't know. No, no, I like New York too. But it's like if my dream scenario is I would have my production company's office inside the Warner Brothers lot. Okay. So you like that lot? I love the lot. Yeah. I love the Warner Brothers lot.
1: Yeah, it's it's classic, dude. Yeah, I know. It's really classic, man. And
0: it's close to like Disney and yeah, you know, I, like you hear all the stories. Yeah, yeah. So it'd yeah. be like Warner Brothers. Yeah. I'd be on the Warner Brothers lot. I would live in Toluca Lake, where it's located. <laughs> yeah. And I would just be able to like walk there and then every day just be able to like produce something, have something shooting in the sound stage. We're going on location. So I would be doing that all day and then at night. Just pull into the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, and just do a set, and then go home, and that's it. Like, that's nice. that's the dream right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're like, everything lines up, you can get whatever you want, what would it be? It's like, I want to be a showrunner, uh, actor, and then a stand-up that night. Nice. And there's people that are doing it. Sure. So it's like it's tangible. It's yeah. doable. Yeah, yeah. So that would be it. I was like, yeah. Warner Brothers lot, have my office there, my own little bungalow. Yeah. Have my dog in there. Yeah. You know, be able to go home, grab lunch, come back. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end and then at night go do spots at the improv. You know. Yeah. That's that's kind of the mix yeah, to be yeah. in. I'm like, that seems like a great life. Yeah. 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 And well, that's,
1: that's the that's what the your your white counterpart does, uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> that's the life he's living.
0: The Sandman. Yeah, I know. And so if yeah. I if I can't do it, I'm gonna at least try to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there could only be one.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, that's a great that's a great life, and and I believe you could get there, brother. Thank you, man. I yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, you got the chops, man. And uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, dude, and keep knocking it down, man. Everything and every obstacle, you just keep knocking it down. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah, and you'll get there, man. Uh, dude, I'm so happy for you and and everything you have accomplished and everything you're doing. That's why you know when I saw that you're you were doing filmmaking, right? I was like, oh man, I want to see what is what he's doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because that's and when I heard you were going to be back in LA. I wanted to go see you, and then I wanted, and you said you were showcasing your uh, your uh, your webisode. So I was Thank really you, excited uh, to go there, and, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that. And it didn't disappoint. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate
0: you coming by, and I'm yeah. glad it didn't suck. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, so am I. It would have been so awkward. Yeah, Yeah, you're like, I wouldn't have invited you here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's so awkward because, you know, like I said, I'm a bad uh, actor when it comes to like... It's true. Eric would have been
0: like, dude, just stick uh, to stand-up, bro. Yeah, yeah. This would have been Eric. Bro, you got to just do stand-up. That's (laughs) it, bro. You're you're not doing the
1: directing so well. (laughs) No, keep doing it, man. Keep doing it and try different things and take chances and... uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it's a beautiful world and a time that we're living in where we actually get a chance to do it. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. So Thanks for having awesome me on, man. Stuart, I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Uh, thank you for for doing the Poop Dollar podcast. Poop Dollar! And let uh, people know where they could uh, check out your webisode and where they could find you.
0: Yeah, guys. So just follow me on social media. Instagram is my big one. So just type in a BTD jokes. I make it easier. Just a B as in Bravo, T as in Tango, D as, as in Delta. Jokes. And you guys will follow me there. And on my Instagram, you can just find uh, my YouTube, upcoming show dates, my content. So just go on there, Instagram.com backslash BTDJokes. Brian Torres Day. Thank you so much, man.
1: Thank you, brother.